0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Well, this is a 53-man roster cut down over the weekend, so on this podcast, you'll get to Hear directly from Chiefs general manager Brett Feach. On the second half of the podcast, you'll hear from head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes as they begin to get ready for the Houston Texans on Thursday night football. But as promised, here is the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, Brett Feach. Uh,
2: that defense line position is probably our deepest position. Um, you know, with, with Breland, a uh, different scheme when we got here. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought he and our staff really thought his rookie year did some things that you can really lay a foundation on. And, you know, we all know that he came in a little out of shape the, the next year, and, and then he had the injury. So uh, I think when you get behind the eight ball in professional football, it's tough. And then when you get behind the eight ball on a roster with a deep defensive line, it's even tougher. Uh, we'll say this credit to the kid. He did come in in shape and, and, and worked hard to get that, that weight off. Uh, again, he was just up against a, a very deep and talented defensive line class. And, and, and our, our staff and uh, both coaching and personnel staff, and we were always committed to doing what's, what we feel is best for the team and playing the best players and, and the guys that were on our active roster. We felt that day by day and the way they graded it out, that they just performed better than they deserved to be on the team.
3: Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie.
4: Hey, hey Brett, good morning. You mentioned wanting to, to make the roster better as, as the season goes on. And yesterday at the deadline, uh, the league-wide deadline, you had some intriguing names out there from Lamar Miller, Clowney, uh, Devonta Freeman, Adrian Peterson, Cindy Jones. How much does the, the protocols as far as COVID testing and then even the Thursday night game affect how you approach free agency this first weekend? And Brad, I'll probably have a follow-up to that.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. And we even talked about some of these guys that we're identifying for for the practice squad, not even having them here um, as you mentioned, Herbie, these guys will have to go through, I believe, two days of, of testing. And, and once these guys clear waivers, if, if they're on the street, then it's going to be three days. So it, it certainly puts us in a bind where, um, you know, the guys that you want to bring in, um, either on the active or practice squad, there's going to be a delay in that. Um, I would say to answer your question, I've, all that goes into play, certainly the delay in regards to when we can get them. I think the one good thing, and we've talked about this yesterday, was having a Thursday game will help us – moving forward. So uh, we'll be able to utilize those two or three days of of COVID testing with the extended weekend. So that will be a benefit having a Thursday practice to be able to kind of recalibrate our roster, uh, both active and practice squad, knowing that we can get guys in over the weekend and knock the tests out. But I would say it all comes into play, uh, the contract, um, injury history, uh, and then the COVID testing, as you mentioned.
4: Yeah, and, and right here's a follow-up. I'm glad you touched on that, Brett, because last year you were able to bring in guys like Mike Pinnell, Wisniewski, uh, Damone Harris, even Suggs late in the season. How much do you think um, the COVID protocols will limit what you will be able to try to do during the season?
2: I don't know if if it will limit um, to the extent of not doing things. It will just delay their ability to get on the field and help us as quickly. Um, I, I think that's the big thing. I think when there's a need, um, you know, unless the need – uh, or the injury or the scenario that you encounter is only a, a one-week or two-week injury. I mean, when you talk about some of the moves we made, I mean, we had, like, on the offense line, we had guys that, like, rank and missed the season. We had guys like, you know, Ogba, um, Okafor missed the season. So um, you're still going to have to make those moves. Uh, unfortunately, you know, for us and, and for really all teams, there's going to be a delay in regards to how quickly those guys can get acclimated and get on the field. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad, how are you doing today? Good, Alan. How are you doing? Thanks. Hey, um,
5: one question about Breeland Speaks and one on another subject. First on Speaks, you know, he came in, as you mentioned, he played a different position and last year. He missed all year because of the injury. And then this year with the shortened um, camp and no preseason games, did, was there any thought among you or your staff that maybe you didn't give him a fair chance? And Brad, I'll have one more thing to follow up.
2: Well, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, to your, to your question, Adam, um, guys certainly um, handle rehab situations differently and how they come back. Um, everyone kind of uh, progresses at, at different rates. And, I, and listen, without having any medical documentation in front of me, I would say that bigger people, uh, offense linemen, defense linemen, are probably a little bit slower to come back in regards to skilled players, running backs, receivers. <laughs> uh, safeties, what have you. Um, but, but, you know, again, you go back to, uh, the, the scenario in which we were in, um, he, he did come back into camp and, and lost weight and was healthy and was able to practice, um, throughout the course of the preseason. And, um, you know, he worked hard to, to put himself in that position. So, um, when guys are ready to go, uh, we, we deferred the medical, uh, expertise of, of our staff and, and we let them go out there and compete and see how everything shakes out. Um, again, it certainly did put him behind the eight ball in that regard. Not having a year of football is, again, certainly going to be tough. And then when you throw in the factor of having, you know, Clark and Tano and Okafor, um, you know, Taco had a good camp, obviously made the roster and, and Mike Dane had a really good camp. So um, it was just one of those. Scenarios for him, where you know having the year off, um, having to go through a lengthy rehab process, and, and going out there competing against a deep defense line was um, was a tough ask. And and you know he, he competed his tail off, and and um, I'm sure he'll he'll learn a lot from this experience here, and, and it'll help him in the future. And I'm sorry, your second question was um, cornerback. Um, I, I thought because of Bashad Breland's suspension, maybe you guys would have made
5: a move for a veteran guy like you have the last couple of years, but. Uh, but you didn't, although I know you still could, but it certainly looks at this point like, um, the guys you have on the roster right now will be the guys you go with at least against Houston. So I just wonder what you saw from guys like Fenton and Hamilton and Sneed during camp the last month or so that leads you to be pretty confident they'll, uh, they'll hold up well.
2: Yeah, well, we were certainly encouraged by the way these guys played, um, and Adam, most of you guys have seen these guys kind of grow and develop. And, and I, I would say to your question that we, we obviously always keep open dialogue and we're always looking to improve our roster. And that was probably something on our mind early on in camp and as camp progressed and these guys really start to make some big movements in regards to their development um we became encouraged now um you know with with Bashad Breland being out four weeks uh we're all aware there could be some some growing pains and and um, some lumps along the way think back to Sharveria Ward when uh he was kind of forcing the action his rookie year um and and, you know he learned a lot in that Seattle game they kind of uh, attacked him but he, he, you know, continued to, to grow and develop. And then he's, that Colts playoff game, you know, he, he built on that. And he continues to grow and develop into, you know, one of the better corners out there. So uh, I think we're kind of looking at it in regards to that, growth and maturation process with these guys where we've seen it already in camp with guys like Snead, Fenton in his second year. Uh, Keys was out there a little late. Hamilton, we just got. But these guys have gotten better and better every week. And knowing the scheme and being in the Zoom meetings all off season and knowing what our coaches are asking them, um, that's going to be hard to replicate. Um, in in a short amount of time, uh, we'll always continue to look what's out there and, and if we can get better and how we can get better. But um, we feel like you know we have some some good young corners and and, and again it, it, there'll be some learning and growth early on. But um, with with Ward being an established corner and Snead um, and Keys, you know we feel like those those. Guys are are, are going to be pretty good players, and we're excited about Hamilton, what he can do in all phases of the game. So um, we'll continue to, to monitor that situation, but I, I think we're happy with the competition and the talent right now.
4: Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey,
1: Brett.
2: So we've talked a lot about the continuity on
1: this team over the entire offseason, season. But some of the additions that you've made in free agency, the draft, you've had a chance to watch them in camp now. What excites you about those guys that have enhanced this roster now going into the season?
2: Well, I mean, anytime you get a chance to to add new talent and, and create more competition is always exciting. And I think the, um, The guys we were able to bring in for you know, have done that. They've added depth and and competition to this locker room. And Mike Remmers has had a chance to to bounce around at at guard and tackle. Um, You know, Hamilton, as we just mentioned, he's a guy that I know Dave Tobe's excited about on special teams. And and he's kind of um, bounced around from from outside to inside to some safety. So we're excited about his versatility. And, you know, this rookie class, you know, we're we're certainly excited about it. I think that there's a good chance that really all these rookies, um, you know, have a chance to go out there on on Thursday night and, and really help us from from Clyde to uh, Willie Gay, L.J. And I think Mike Dana. Um, there's been you know, the Tashawn the, Wharton we, we've talked about, Tommy Towson. So it's just exciting to, um, uh, to usher in some, some new talent and, and know that these guys are going to have lasting impacts on this organization and do some great things for us. So they all – anytime you bring in new talent, whether they're free agents or draft picks, they, everyone brings their own little unique energy to the building. So it's just been fun watching these guys provide that to this locker room. Go
3: to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
1: Hey, Brett,
2: I was curious about the
1: running back room. I I know Clyde's the guy. We've talked a lot about Clyde. Um, What have you seen in Daryl to sort of make him emerge there? And then why Darwin uh, over DeAndre?
2: Well, I would say with Daryl, hitting Daryl first, he's one of those guys that – he, he's been here for such a long time and there's a lot of trust in regards to his ability uh, in all phases of the game in running and blocking in particular pass pro too. I mean, he's, he's really good in pass pro. He's taught Clyde a lot. Certainly we're all excited about Clyde. We know what he can do and, and he'll continue to learn and grow. And, and, you know, we think certainly he has a extremely high ceiling. Um, and Darwin was a guy that really had the upper hand and, and held on to it. Uh, having been here a year, Having gone through a Super Bowl run with us, being a contributor on special teams, um, you know he got some stiff competition from DeAndre, but he was able to to answer the call and and hold on to that position. It was that was a close battle, but uh, give give Darwin a lot of credit for coming into work every day and staying focused on the on the task at hand. Um, you know, hopefully, you know as the waiver wire comes out here at some point, we'd like to potentially get DeAndre back if we can and, and you know get him in the mix here because we think he's a good player. But again, a lot of the credit goes to Darwin and his ability to kind of just come in every day and, and not get distracted and, and hold on to that job.
3: We've got time for a few more guys. We'll go right down the line. Let's go Harold, Matt, and then Nate. Go ahead, Harold.
6: Hey, Brad. Harold. Hey uh, I just want to talk about the
7: undrafted free agents you got. You mentioned Breland, but Give some credit to Treshawn Wharton here. Uh, you know, how the, the process of finding him, I'm sure, being a UDFA, but then how impressed were you over the course of the camp that he got progressed to the point where you feel very comfortable with him on a 53-man roster, and also the other Mizzou guy, uh, you know, Sir Durant, on offensive line. Just the local guys and how you're confident on their abilities fit the 53-man roster.
2: Yeah, and Wharton's been a great story. Uh, yeah, he, he, Going through the process here, he, he certainly jumped out for us, as a staff at the east West game, he had a chance to go down there and uh, compete and, and watching the drill work and watch him in the game. We certainly thought he was intriguing and then when you go back and watch his college tape, it was a little bit choppy and then you, you kind of do some more digging and homework and you realize he was battling through a high ankle sprain and, and he wasn 't quite right the whole season um and Fortunately, for us, after the you know the draft was over, we were able to, to sign him and really, the first day that we had players in the building just going out there and, and watching group work, he just kind of stood out I mean he was really twitchy athletic um worked his tail off so then the next question is all right we'll wait till we put the pads on and and he kind of carried that over and was able to to make plays and then it was like all right well let's see how he does against better competition you know he's doing this against the three so let's put him up there versus the twos and the ones and I mean the kid just found a way to make plays and continue to get better and and you know just answer the bell at each step so whether it was from not being drafted to looking good in drill work, but not knowing how that was going to translate to with the pads on to the running good against the threes, but let 's see how he does against the twos to the ones, I mean he just kind of answered the bell and flashed at every step of the way and, and you know credit to, to Brendan Daly for for his excellent coaching job and and continue to teach him and and get more out of him and he'll be another guy then the next question will be okay can he do it in a real game now against uh, a team that is you know schematically doing things to um to put these guys into you know unfavorable positions so um you know that'll be the next challenge and but again knowing that this kid has been here for such a long time now and he's he's worked hard he's been very dedicated uh pro on and off the field and attacks every day we're, we're excited about him And then, you know, with uh, with Yassir Durant, I mean, he was a guy that, you know, we were, again, very fortunate to get him as a free agent. And he's got some versatility in his game, Uh, can play tackle, can play guard. Still a long way to go with him in regards to, you know, just knowing exactly um, the ins and outs of all the checks and and, and different uh, adjustments that our offensive line um, makes throughout the course of the game. Um, but he's come He's come a long way as well, and he continues to grow and develop. But like all these young guys, they're just going to have to continue to work because, you know, we're going to put an emphasis on, on bringing new guys in at every phase and, and up the ante in regards to competition. But so far, these young guys have done a great job of working through what's been a really unique offseason um, and handling that adversity and responding and earning spots on a, on a talented roster. Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt.
8: Hey, Brett, following up a bit on uh, what Herbie asked about some of the changes with COVID-19 protocols, um, you're going to be able to have larger and more experienced practice squads. You're going to have the advantage of being able to bring up practice squad guy players on game day. I, I'm just curious about what you think about the new rules and how you might be able to use them to your advantage, especially when, you know, having like a guy like Matt Moore on the practice squad, maybe.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a a fluid situation and hopefully one that everyone is kind of working through is, you know, you know, an outbreak. So hopefully we don't have that situation, but I think the flexibility to bring guys up for the game and then potentially bring them down. I think it, it, it's a really good thing for, for teams to, not pin themselves in in awkward situations with players and contracts and and exposing them to waiver wires. So it'll be, you know, uh, I think a collective effort in regards to just utilizing all of the modifications in place uh, to our advantage. And it'll certainly be on a week to week basis. But, you know, I think the flexibility of bringing guys up and then down for a certain amount of weeks is something that, you know, we don't have to subject guys to waiver wires. And we know that um, you know, we can put people in, in, in better positions in regards to if they need an additional week off and, and not have to try to, you know, squeeze extra games out of guys. So that in regards to keeping veteran players on the roster, I think is a big deal too, where we have chances and opportunities for guys to continue to grow and develop and and, and play them when we feel like they're mentally uh, and physically ready. So I think it it also helps, I think, from a long-term growth and and maturation process there too. But I think it'll all be determined by the environment, um, both injury-related and pandemic potentially related. And, you know, we'll certainly work and massage those rules the best we can and, and, um, you know, put our players in as best positions as possible. Let's go to Nate Taylor to close out. Go ahead, Nate.
6: Hey, Brent. I wanted to ask you about the receiving group. Uh, every year it's sort of a, a difficult task to get that number down to where you want it. Just what was the overall decisions and obviously the return of Marcus Kemp to the roster. And then secondly, you're known as somebody who makes uh, deals or tries to make deals kind of around this time. Uh, just how much did the offseason, no preseason games, and obviously the, the pandemic, play into a factor in terms of trying to find some level of negotiation and not getting a deal done?
2: Well, I'll answer that first uh, question right off the bat. Uh, It was extremely unique. I think that the last few off seasons, and I had just uh, – I was talking to to Matt Nagy last night uh, on my drive home. Uh, The first two off seasons, I would say by, uh, you know, two or three days before the cutdown day, I I think I've heard from, you know, 10 to 12 to 14 teams, um, as of yesterday at the day, I heard from one team and I think it's just the lack of tape. And even if you think, you know, a guy not seeing him for a full calendar year, it's very tough. And, you know, where is he at injury wise? How's he playing? Did he regress? Did he improve? Um, so it's hard when you haven't had these guys, um, And there's still that aspect of still getting to know some of your young guys because you haven't had them um, for the OTAs or the rookie camps. And then uh, again, just getting to a point where you feel confident in your roster and where you are, it's a big unknown to potentially make a deal or trade for someone that you haven't seen in over a year or you're just basing it off of college tape. So um, I think the fact that I got only one call was surprising. But then when you look, as you mentioned, Nate, of the lack of trades deals. I, I think every team was uh, going through that same type of scenario where the unknown is just with what we're going through and then the, the testing and having to put guys into a, a two or three day hold was, um, was they were all big obstacles to overcome. As far as receivers, uh, you know, it, listen, it's a tough room. Um, there was a lot of talk about potentially just keeping five, uh, going back and forth with some other positions. Uh, everyone knows that Tyreek and Sammy and Nicole and D-Rob are, are, are just legit players. And and then Pringle, with the job he did last year, I think he kind of stood out on that fifth spot because he's a guy that continues to grow and get and gets better. But it always comes down to special teams. And I know you guys know that Dave talked about Marcus Kemp and the job that he did. And he was one of our better special teams performers before he got hurt. Uh, he came back. Credit to the kid. I mean, the kid worked his tail off. We signed the kid. Um, a week into the start of camp, not knowing what type of condition he was in and, and, and how he responded after all that rehab process. But uh, he came back, he got acclimated very quickly. He showed that he did all the work on his own and he was able to quickly get up to speed. And he's one of those guys that, you know, we put a high priority on special teams and we know how valuable that is. And, and he was a guy that certainly Dave was high on and has been high on. And, and we always talk about those tail end roster spots uh, to get on this team uh, and to fill out those depth level positions, you got to play on teams. And he's a guy that does that really well.
4: Brett, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys. All right, guys,
2: we are, uh,
1: you just heard from chiefs general manager, Brett Veach. And now we continue on with the head coach. Here's Andy Reid.
9: Okay. So, uh, don't everybody will practice today. Um, we, we look forward to the challenge of, um, you know, playing the Texans, we, we know they're a good football team. We've played each other enough over the last few years. So, I think players are familiar with each other as uh, coaches are. And we know it'll be a tough battle. So, we've got to have a good week of preparation, getting ourselves ready, uh, again, to play, uh, to play a good football team. With that time's yours.
3: Let's go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt.
9: Hey, Coach, you
8: mentioned being familiar with the Texans because you've played them a lot the last couple of years. Uh, but without having any preseason games to go off of and you're going up against a defense with a, a new defensive coordinator, young guy, just what are the challenges as far as prepping for a team like this and building a game plan?
9: Yeah, so Anthony Weaver, he's a heck of a football coach, um, was a heck of a player, and now he's having a chance to to coordinate. And um, so, uh, you know, there's uh, as there is with every first game, there's some unknown. Um, and I think they probably tell you the same thing. So it's uh but you go in and uh you you gotta stay true to what you do and and um you know be able to execute both sides of the ball. So knowing the and special teams, knowing that there could be a wrinkle here or there.
4: Okay, let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey good morning, coach. How are you today? Hi right, Herbie. um, Coach, I know during training camp, you had mentioned that uh, you didn't give too much thought process on quarantining a quarterback, and I'm curious now with the season here, uh, especially when you can put six veterans on the practice squad, specifically Matt Moore, um, how much thought process has gone into maybe adjusting what you had mentioned in in camp, and are you set up now to to do that?
9: Yeah, we're not going to do that. So um, I think the social distancing, wearing your mask, keeping your hands, all those things become important. I mean, I can't predict the future, obviously, but I, I would tell you that um, I, those are important and they've got to practice. So um, they're, they're going to be around the guys somewhere. And uh, and that. so what we've done is we've spaced out the quarterback room like we have every room, and we feel comfortable with that. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey,
5: Andy, I wanted to ask you about a couple guys who uh, made the 53 uh, who are new this year. Taco Charlton and Mike Dana. Um, What did you see from them uh, specifically during camp? And what kind of role do you see for each of those guys, at least early in the
9: season? Yeah, well, Taco um, has played before. So um, his experience uh, allowed him to have a pretty good understanding of what we were doing uh, up front. And then he worked hard. So um, he he ended up making the roster and – you know, and then you, you get the young kid for well, i mean these are all Michigan guys, I know that hurts you, so um a, a lot, but um we've got more Michigan guys than I think anybody in the national football league right now so but he he's done a the, the young kid's done a great job just uh working already missed a little time with an injury, came back off of it and and he's busted his tail he's got great great uh hand strength arm strength and uh, great core strength so um he he's one of the young guys that were. We're expecting good things from him. Let's
4: go to Michelle Steele. Go ahead, Michelle.
9: You might might need to turn your sound.
3: There you go. We got you, Michelle.
9: haven't had my coffee yet. Sorry about
8: that, Coach. Uh, uh, I was just wondering if you see the lack of preseason impacting the physical part of the game and tackling in particular, you know, do you guys feel like you and the rest of the coaching staff have sufficiently been able to replicate contact given that this game against the Texans kind of might be the first time where, where guys are, are really tackled to the ground.
9: Yeah, so we did a little bit of that in camp where we, we tackle the ground and then we practice it the best you can without doing it. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that, that part goes. I, I think our guys will be okay with it. But um, Thursday, we'll, we'll tell the whole story on it. And, um, and probably in a lot of areas, but that, that being one of them, I'm sure.
4: Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
1: Hey, good morning, coach. Uh, I was curious with uh, the quarterbacks here. You guys were able to lock up, Pat. They recently were able to lock up Deshaun. Just how fortunate uh, is the league to have these two guys and, and really uh, get to see them on the, on the opening night?
9: Yeah, I think it's great. I'm, I'm happy for Sean for, you know, the opportunity that he has to, uh, to make a living. You can see the response of his family and how they felt there and, and likewise with Patrick. So um, I think it's great for the National Football League. Individually, it's great for them and their teams, uh, but but also for the league. Um, we're, we're blessed right now to have a transition of these young quarterbacks that are coming in, and uh, just, it just makes it it's they're fun to watch. So I think it's it's great for great for the game.
3: Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Vahe and then Seren. Go ahead,
4: Vahe. Hey Andy, can you hear me? Okay, I can yeah. good to see you. Um, hey, I, last last year is well behind us. I know, but um, you, the three comebacks in the playoffs were all their their own stories. But I wonder what you'd say about uh, what you think the common denominators in that were, and if you if you feel like there's a cultural carryover um, in the sense of all the continuity you have that that kind of you know fortitude is part of this team.
9: Yeah, well, you don't, you know, you never want to put yourself in that position. But um, uh, if you are, I have the confidence our guys will keep keep banging until we get it, you know, until we get it right. So um, I, I think they have that confidence within themselves to do that. But uh, we're, we're going to try not to put ourselves in that position, obviously. So
7: yeah. let's go to Siren to close us out. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh Coach. Um, Coach Madison said uh, last week in reference to any kind of organized uh, demonstration by the players that uh, everybody would be involved, everyone would, that the team would do everything as one, and he kind of pointed to, towards your leadership on that. We're now on the eve of the game. Uh, have you had conversations with the players about what kind of demonstration they will do? I've been told that the NFLPA, there's going to be demonstrations across the league. Will you, in fact, be part of that? Uh, demonstration, whatever the players choose to do? Will the coaching staff be a part of that?
9: Well, we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. Um, You know, just as it all works out um, as we go forward. But I think from my standpoint and I think our coaches standpoint and players standpoint, you know, you know where our heart is and and how we feel. And I'm I'm so proud of our guys for actually doing, getting out and doing and uh, the way they've handled it. So I've full trust in them and um, as I think they do the coaches. So um, we'll just we'll, – we'll go from there, just see how it all works out on Thursday.
3: Coach, we appreciate your time today. Thank you.
9: Yeah, you bet. Thank you.
6: Hey, Patrick.
7: How's it going? Going good. How are you doing? Good. Um, obviously, I, I assume you saw uh, Deshaun and his extension do you get the sense that you guys will be battling, uh, not just in these sorts of games, but in really big games post- postseason for the next several years with the way you guys are set up on your franchises?
3: Uh, for sure, uh, I think you saw that with uh, uh, the last year and the year before that. You see Deshaun, and the Texans are a great football team. They have a lot of great talent around him, and he, and he makes a lot of big plays and big games. And so, uh, uh, kind of, I think I said something to him last year at the end of the game, and uh, that we're going to have these battles for a long time. And uh, we're two two uh, opponents in the same uh, division. I mean, same conference of the AFC. So I'm sure I'll play a lot of games against them. Let's go to Blair Kirchoff. Go ahead, Blair. Hey, Patrick, if I'm not mistaken, your first game in the Chiefs uniform was at one of these Thursday night kickoff games, and you got to see um, the, the Chiefs offense sort of in its, you know, it's, its full effect. I'm just wondering what your impressions were that night, and uh, is this the type of game that a player like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be able to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, I think every single game you go in uh, with the mentality, especially with our offense, that someone can really go out there and have a big game, and uh, Clyde's definitely one of those guys. He's someone that uh, seems like he always plays good, Uh, at least in college he always played good, and whenever the big games came he played better. Um, And so uh, we're going to go out there with a mentality that we're playing against a really good football team, a really good defense, we're going to try to find a way to win a football game.
6: Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick, welcome to Game Week. You have, uh, you've known Deshaun for years now, um, particularly at you know, quarterback camps and obviously watching each other in college. Just how exciting is it for you to know that uh, the league sort of put this matchup in front of the American people as the first game this season, knowing the two of you guys, like you said, are going to be uh, competing against one another for perhaps a decade or so?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting uh, to be the first game of the year. Uh, all this anticipation, um, but at the same time, it's just we're playing a football game, and I think uh, it's all the hard work that I, that that me and Deshaun and knowing how he works have, have put in uh, to be in this situation to go out there with our teammates and try to to win a football game, and so I'm just excited for the opportunity um, to go out there on, on a nationally televised game and get to play at Arrowhead Stadium. Let's go to Michelle Steele. Go ahead, Michelle.
8: Hey, Patrick. Happy Sunday. I, I just wanted to ask about the run it back. Tour. How do your emotions compare week one this year compared to, to last year ahead of the season now that you've been to the mountaintop and you've got that Super Bowl ring?
3: I'm just as excited. I promise you that. I mean, every time I get to go to the, fo- uh, the football field, go to Arrowhead Stadium or whatever field we're playing at um, and get to suit up and play for the Kansas City Chiefs, I have ultimate excitement no matter if it's preseason or if it's in the Super Bowl. So I promise you I'll have that mentality going into this first game.
7: Let's go to Sirin Petra. Go ahead, Sirin. Uh, Patrick, uh, Coach Madison said last week that uh, if the players and there's reports out there that the players are going to have a, a demonstration league-wide uh, before the games, Coach Madison said that everybody would be in unison. And uh, when I pressed him about the coaching staff, he said the coaching staff as well, whatever you guys decide to do. Number one, do you know what you're going to do? Uh, and, and is everybody, do you feel that the organization, from the top down from Clark on down is, is a part of whatever it is you, the players, are going to do?
3: Yeah, I think we, uh, we have a great organization that way where I've, I've had talks with Clark, uh, with Mark, uh, Donovan, Coach Reed, and all, the, all these coaches and guys. And uh, we've had a lot of discussions, and I'm sure there will be something there'll be something fully planned. We haven't exactly got the exact details on that yet, but uh, uh, we'll do something like you said in unison, something together, uh, to show our support for, for everybody out there that, that's going out there and doesn't have the platform that we have. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam.
5: Uh, Hey, Pat, um, as one of the leaders on the team, just wanted to get your sense. um, are, are, Are guys done looking back? I mean, between banner raisings and ring ceremonies and all that? I mean, do you feel like guys are focused where they need to be right now? I, I think so. Uh, I mean, uh, we're in game week now. Everybody's ready to go.
3: Uh, you can feel the intensity. You can feel that mentality. I think everybody's uh, at the point now where we're just ready to play football again. I mean, we had that great year last year, but that's last year. We're a brand-new football team. Uh, the Texans are a brand-new football team. We're going to go out there and get to compete against one of the best in the first week. Let's go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. <laughs>
1: Hey, Pat. Uh, oddly enough, uh, with no preseason game, the last time we saw you in a game setting was the Super Bowl. So uh, just through training camp and through the offseason and whatnot, where do you feel like maybe you've been able to improve and and will be able to display on Thursday night?
3: I think uh, you're just going to see me me being able to make adjustments quickly. I mean, going into a game like this, uh, obviously we played Texans at the end of last year, but they have a whole offseason season to prepare, especially for us being that first game. Um, So you you don't know what to expect all the way. I mean, you have to try to expect the unexpected, and that's what we're going to try to do and have game plans for everything. And I'm going to try to make those adjustments as quickly as possible so we can get off to a, a fast start, hopefully.
4: Let's go to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Um, you know, you've done an admirable thing by embracing the platform you have, but, I, but I'm, I'm curious if, if any part of that is heavy, um, just emotionally, in terms of whether you're, you get concerned about alienating some people, or, or you just can cruise through with your conscience and just go that way.
3: I think, it, I think it's just having the right people around me. Uh, I think I have a lot of great people around me that uh, believe in me, and are going to listen to me and my beliefs no matter what they are. And so I'm just going to trust in those people. And I always, if I have the respect of those people, I think I'll be good with anything else uh, uh, going on in the world. We've got time for a couple more here, guys. Let's go Matt and then Steve. Go
2: ahead, Matt.
8: Hey, Patrick, you know, you talked about just as far as getting ready for a game like this and without there being any preseason games to go off with Houston – um you have two games last year what did you really learn from that first game to the second game that helped you guys and when you have that kind of a situation where you go back and you look at a game that you won versus a game that you lost how much more do you look at that game that you lost on film to apply for this year
3: I think you look at everything Uh, you look uh, you look at everything that they've done last season and even years past that they've played against us and you try to formulate a game plan um but uh I think you see some differences between the first game and the second game we played them last year is we just executed on the opportunities that we do have. Um, when you play a good defense like this, uh, there, there are going to be very few opportunities. So when you do have them, you have to make sure you execute. And I think that's what you saw in the playoffs is guys started stepping up, making big plays, and the right when their opportunity came. Um, and so I'm just excited for the opportunity to go out there again, play against a, a great defense, and try to find a way to win. Let's go to Steve Walls to close this out. Go ahead, Steve.
6: Hey, Patrick, how's it going? you
3: good.
6: Hey, with everything that's happened uh, in the offseason and what it took for not only your team, but all the teams across the league to get to this point to be able to play games. I'm just curious, what, what would that first snap be like on Thursday night? Um, I know some athletes use the technique of closing their eyes and try to simulate, you know, game like situations in their head. But uh, have you been able to do that at all or, or were you planning to do that?
3: I've always done uh, the visualization, visualization part of it. And really, so I think about the game before uh, you play it and do that different type of stuff. I've done that since I was at a little age. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to go out there and embrace the moment. I mean, that we're in it, we're having this opportunity to play, uh, that we're going to go out there with the, uh, our brothers and play the sport that we love because you didn't know if it was going to happen. And so I'm excited for the opportunity uh, to get out there, to be on the field, and uh, get to play the game that I love. Patrick, we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you.